morning or good afternoon, or however the case may be. We're back again in our study of the book of Revelation. People in the Christian coffee time and others that may have joined in, thank you for doing so. We're doing a study through the book of Revelation, looking at the high points, kind of like that. We're not getting in too, too deep, but getting just a, the main uh, sense of it. To see where it's where it's going, where where it's coming from. We're looking at the Bible as the Word of God, and that whatever it says, that's it. And if we if we going through these things, we find that um, there's some things that you don't agree with, or you've been taught something different, and the Word of God says something different to that. Well, then you have to take the Word of God, don't you? You have to do that. So uh, we'll proceed here shortly. You'll have to. Uh, uh, excuse me, I have a, uh, some allergies. We have quite a crop of ragweed outside in our field. And uh, so sometimes I have to stop to, uh, to uh, get some air or something. But anyways, we'll continue on here and have a look. Lord bless you. I just uh, thank you for allowing me to be able to bring these things to you. Again, uh, welcome to the Christian Coffee Time folks and any others, and make sure you have some paper, uh, writing utensils, pen and paper, uh, pen and pencil, whatever. Uh, there's a lot of things that we go through here, uh, reference to other portions of Scripture, and you need to write these things down for your future reference and for your study purposes. You go over these things. You're not going to retain everything first time through. You go through it, go through it, go over things, and it'll, uh, it'll help you. Let's pray for a moment. Our Father in heaven, we thank you now, Lord. We thank you for this time to look into the Word of God. Thank you that there's blessings for those that read and those that hear and keep these things that are written herein for the time is at hand. Lord, help us as we study the book of Revelation. We just pray, Lord, that you will guide us. You'll help us, Lord, to understand we thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for going to the cross of Calvary for us, for all people, Lord, paying for the price of the sins of all, that any who trust in you would be saved. And thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit to those that believe. And now, Lord, we look to you to help us give us understanding and bless now. Make the applications to our hearts. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we'll get going here. Now, we're in chapter 13, and we look at there's two parts to it. And the two parts, because there's two main characters. Um, the false uh, prophet is the second one we're looking at here. The first one was just called the beast, or everybody gets, they know him by the Antichrist. Well, the Bible says that anybody that uh, promotes doctrine other than that, the doctrines of Christ that are in the Bible, another way of salvation or something, is an Antichrist. So there are Antichrists in the world today. But the Antichrist, the beast, uh, the one that's going to come, the one who the devil will, what we call the devil's man, the one who the devil will um, possess in that future time. We know it is a future time. Daniel tells us, Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 to 27, familiarize yourself with those things. Daniel was told there would be a, a group of 70 years, the 77s, that's years, uh, seven groups of, uh, the one week is a group of seven years, and there's 70 of them. It shows us clearly that 69 of them were used up about the time of the, the cross and around that time, that there's a last um, seven-year period left over. This is for the end of it, so the Lord's going to finish up everything and bring in righteousness and all that. He's going to change this old earth into His way of doing things. And Jesus Christ will rule uh, from the earth. 
but we see uh, um, the um, seven-year period here, and that's what we're dealing with in the book of uh, Revelation. And then with that seven-year period, you have your two main sections of that. You have the first three and a half years, and then the second three and a half years. We're up to the, um, the results of the seventh trumpet being blown, which is, uh, um, brings uh, the third woe upon the earth. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and read your, uh, the, the, the book of Revelation and listen to the earlier um, videos. This is video number 28. So just listen to those and you get an idea of what's going on here. And uh, so we see that the devil was cast out of heaven. There, was, there will be war in heaven. Remember, these are future events. These have not, this is not past. It's not happening today. This is future. Although we may be right on the cusp of it. We may be on the edge of it. We don't know. We look around our world today and it's pretty crazy. And things are happening that are biblical. They're coming around. Personally, I believe that we're in a walk up to the end times and the Lord Jesus is going to start opening those seals any time. Well, that's just my opinion, but based on what we read and what we see around us, I don't think it's too far off anyways. So we see this seven-year period, and we, uh, the book of Revelation, time-wise, is breaking down into that seven-year period, basically, from chapter 6 on down. And then you have the first three and a half and the second three and a half. We being at uh, chapter 13 is at the beginning of the second half of it. You go back to Daniel again, 9.27, it'll explain some of that, what's taking place, where the, the devil's really angry in the previous chapter, chapter 12, he's kicked out of heaven, and he knows that he has but a short time left, it's three and a half years left, and he's really upset, and he's going to cause havoc upon the earth. Now it comes to the point where his man, the Antichrist, and he will indwell him, or it doesn't dwell him, maybe he did earlier, but he's gonna want to be worshiped as God himself as Christ upon the earth, the Antichrist, in place of, instead of, you see. So let's look at, the, uh, we had two beasts from two different uh, angles here, or places, we could say. The first one was out of the sea, and the second one out of the earth, I and mean, it didn't really give a, a good enough definition of what the earth's about, why that, I, it just escapes me at this point. Uh, but we know that they come from two different uh, backgrounds, that's not the, quite the right word to use, but two different places, two different angles, and so will be their attack, so to speak. A two-pronged attack, as often you find. Uh, the first one, in chapter 13, verse 7, the first beast, the Antichrist himself, says in, in uh, verse 7, that he fights against the saints. Where'd the saints come from? I thought they were removed off the earth. Yes, the church age saints from us today will be removed. 714 talks about that just after the, the sun, the moon, and stars are darkened and all that stuff and Jesus is seen in, in the heavens and then we're removed. And remember that the 144,000 will minister upon the earth during the trumpet wrath time. The trumpets are a time of wrath. The seals are not. The trumpets are a time of wrath. And now from their ministry, and then chapter 11 introduced the two witnesses. So you've got, the Lord has witnesses upon the earth uh, doing his will and his work. And so we can see from that that people do get saved. And people from Israel, people from all over. Because it mentions uh, uh, those that have the testimony of Christ in verse 17. And the uh, Antichrist in chapter 13, verse 7, he's going to war against the saints. Okay? And 
the second guy here that we're looking at, the uh, false prophet, this re religious kind of leader, um, he's going to be the prime mover for the deceptions that will come upon the earth. He's going to deceive the earth dwellers. The believers at this time, at that particular time, are not fooled by these, these things, but the unsaved are. If you're not saved, you need to trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior. You know you're a sinner. You know that you are, and you know that the Bible is something special. It is the Word of God and tells us that when you die, when any of us die, our spirit leaves this body, our body goes into the ground, but your spirit will either go to heaven if you've trusted in Christ or hell to await the judgment. Second Peter chapter 2. Check it out. And you will be, uh, it's a bad thing. But we have this second guy who, the deception is, comes out in, in a big way here. And deception's all around us right now. But what we have here is with this second, uh, this false prophet, the second beast being introduced is that we have... Uh, then been introduced to a trinity, a trinity of evil upon the earth. The dragon, the devil himself, wanting to be as God, the I wills of God we talked about earlier back in the Old Testament. He is in, wants to take God's place. And the first beast, the Antichrist himself, he will take Christ's place. He'll come and say that he is Christ. Jesus said, uh, me you'll not receive, but another will come in his own name, him you will receive. So this character is going to come in uh, uh, saying that he is the Messiah. He has the answers for the earth and the, the people and so on and so forth. And this prophet will do the Holy Spirit's work, I put it that way, but you know what I mean. He's a, it's a fake thing, it's a fake trinity, but a trinity of evil. As the Holy Spirit, um, in John 16 verses 13 and 14, it says that the Holy Spirit of God um, points us to Christ and teaches us of Jesus Christ and shows us the things of himself. This guy will, will bring attention to the beast and point everybody to him. So you have that trinity of evil there, copycat, that mimicking sort of thing going on. So let's have a look at, at this. Um, let me just check something here. Okay, verse 11 we're at. So verse 11 to the end of the chapter is about the second beast and then the mark the 666 which everybody seems to be so fascinated with and we'll see something interesting about that and uh, some things that are not so interesting I guess. Verse 11 and I beheld another beast another that is another of the same kind not a different kind but of the same kind um, coming out of the earth and he had two horns like a lamb and he spake as a dragon now just stop and get the picture of that for a moment you see a lamb they're pretty fierce, aren't they? Lambs. No, they're not. It's a, it's a, one of those things, one of those pictures that we have, one of those things in, in, in the earth that it's very uh, uh, harmless. Okay, and, you, and it's not going to hurt you. I mean, it would be afraid of you. It's just a, a docile, little, wee, cuddly little thing. And that's the appearance. This guy's going to give that. How can he do that? Well, he's going to come upon the scene as somebody that you can trust, perhaps like a religious leader or something like that. Is there any of that going on today? And then he says, he appears to be this, but he speaks as a dragon. The Bible tells us that what we speak comes out of our hearts. What's within us will come out. Um, 
He has two horns as of a lamb. He has the appearance of this meekness. Matthew 7.15 talks about wolves in sheep's clothing. Okay, this, is this, this is the prime example of it. And he speaks as a dragon. His words are absolutely devilish. He speaks like the first beast because the devil himself, the dragon, Satan, that old serpent, is the one giving them their power and guiding them and so on and so forth. So here we have someone who gives the appearance of good, um, of um, just a, a gentleness, uh, meekness, perhaps some kind of a religious righteousness, but the attitude is absolutely devilish, is horrible, but the people of the earth won't be able to clue into that because the things that he's speaking, he doesn't mean he has to come along and say, uh, using four-letter words and stuff, he's not saying that. He's going against God. He's going against Christ, against the Word of God. That's the devilish thing about it, and that's what's going to happen here. And if you, today you notice that people don't want to hear about God. They don't want to hear about Christ. They don't want to hear about the things of the Bible. You know, they'll, they'll flock to this stuff. Come along and say that, that uh, um, all the lies and stuff that will be promoted. But we have an outward appearance of holiness, but it's not holiness, is it? It's devilish. Inward, it's just absolutely devilish. devilish. Appearing to do God's work but actually opposing God. Replacing God would be a better word, okay? Saying, there is no God, the Bible's wrong, this is all God. Here, here we are upon the earth to prove this to you. Here we are, the first beast and the second beast. A religious system which deceives people actually doing the devil's work. Is there anything like that on the earth today? Sure there is, there's tons of it. And um, as we get on a little further, a couple chapters ahead, it's gonna name and show us uh, about the seven heads and the uh, ten crowns. Or, I'm sorry, I got to cut that backwards. Yeah, the seven heads and ten horns. And uh, it's going to explain all that to us. We'll, we'll save that uh, for there. The devil's work is that of sending people to hell. If you take uh, uh, cults and isms, anything that does not follow God's word is a devilish thing. That's what, it, that's what it says, the Bible says. They do not speak according to this word, it's because there is no light in them. It's the devil using those systems and cults and isms and such to fool people, deceive them, because this is all about deception. You could write that as a heading over this uh, portion of the chapter, deception, because that's the big thing that's, that's being brought out here. This is the thing that's seen. Um, he, verse 12, he exercises all the power. That's the word authority there. That's what it means, authority of the first beast. So he goes in the first beast's authority. So he's, to, he's a, the religious leader to draw the masses in, I guess. But let's look at some of the things he does. He causes the earth dwellers to worship the first beast by deception. Now remember, there's going to be lying signs and wonders and stuff. Um... The first beast being the Antichrist. And this, uh, uh, that first beast is identified by his deadly wound that was healed. See, there's your false resurrection. He's just trying to prove that he's something, that he's Christ upon the earth. And people are going to fall for it. If you're not saved, you, if you're here, you'll fall for it. Yes, you will. 
You need the Spirit of God within you by believing through Jesus Christ, the Savior, for your sins at the cross of Calvary, his death, burial, and resurrection, to give you that understanding to know. In verse 13 it says, And he does great wonders so that he makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Well, that's quite a thing. We had somebody today bring, that, bring fire down from heaven. People say, ooh, this must be somebody from God. Eh? You just look at all the signs and wonders that are being done uh, in the name of Jesus all around in weird and funny denominations and stuff. There's all kinds of things happening and people flock to it. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And they don't go and check their Bibles. They don't know what that's about. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 is uh, um, something for us to consider when we study these things because it talks about this individual here. Uh, let me just get the, the verse here. Um, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan. That's 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 9. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, get this now, in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. They refused the gospel. He says, and this is going to be their portion upon the earth. The devil's going to deceive them. People can laugh at that. You won't be laughing when you're in the midst of it. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. Believe a lie, it says there. God's going to send strong delusion. Remember, this is part of the wrath of God upon the earth. The seventh trumpet, this is the results of it. That's the devil, the Antichrist, the 666. And God says, you refuse Jesus Christ? Fine, here you go. You don't want him? There you go. But remember, he's given people a chance even up to this point. And through this, you've got 144,000 uh, uh, followers of Jesus Christ going forth. And they're from the 12 tribes of Israel. They're not some cult thing, some, uh, 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 something that somebody's invented. These are, these are from the 12 tribes of Israel. Check it out. 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. These are the Jews because he's minute, they're ministering to the Jewish people. It overflows to the Gentiles at that time. But check out 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 9 to 12. Okay. There's great wonders being done. Fire coming down from earth in the sight of heaven. See, that's going to be used to validate what they're saying. They're going to be telling us, oh, there's no God in heaven. You are gods. And the Bible is wrong. And all, the, all this stuff, this Christianity stuff was all wrong. And it just caused troubles and everything else. Look at what we can do. So we're telling the truth. That's amazing, isn't it? And the people will flock to it. But don't forget, God is going to give a deception upon people. He's going to let them have a delusion. So they're going to believe this guy. Now in verse 14 it says, And he deceives them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had the power to do in the sight of the beast. Deception is the key word here. Deception. The end times will be uh, characterized by deception. Remember back in Matthew 24, Jesus and the disciples, beginning of the chapter, coming out of the temple and they ask him, uh, they show, say to the Lord, look at all this temples and all these wonderful buildings and stuff. And Jesus said, it's all going to be taken down. It's all going to be destroyed. And he says, what's the sign of your coming in the end of the world? 
And he says to them in verse 4 of Matthew 24, he says, you uh, uh, take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name saying, I am uh, the Christ and shall deceive many. Jesus says, don't let them deceive you. Deception is going to be the thing. And today, people are deceived. Thousands, millions are deceived into religious and cults and isms, religious things that are not of the Bible. The Bible is the Word of God. If it doesn't line up to the Bible, it's not of God. And deception. You see, the end, the end uh, product of it is that people will die and go to hell if they're not saved. And that's what the devil's doing to deceive people that they don't go because he hates people. He hates God. He hates the gospel. He hates Christ. He hates you and me. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Romans. Um, and in Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 2 regarding Jesus coming back in the clouds and gathering the, the church age believers together. That's us. It says in verse 3, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day will not come, except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed. A deception again. A deception. Jesus talked of deception. And then Second uh, Thessalonians talks of deception. There's going to be deception uh, to bring about change. Change in worship. Change in politics. Change in economics. Change in religions. To subjugate the people... And to keep them from, to keep them from the gospel. In Revelation chapter twenty and verse three, it talks about the devil. You know, he's cast into the lake. Of, uh, I mean, sorry, the uh, bottomless pit for a thousand years and chained up. The devil that deceived the nations, so he could deceive the nations no more. He's deceiving the. He will deceive the nations, and he's deceiving the nations today. Is there anything today, are people being fooled about something today, being fooled into change today, that people want change and it brings about just cataclysmic changes and stuff? Yeah, there's all in our world, look at what's happening in North America around about. There's things taking place today. These things are just ramping up to the end. It's going to come in a big way. Big change coming. And things today, remember it's about deception. People are being fooled. The uh, um, false prophet will want to uh, uh, fool the earth dwellers. You go into the last part of verse 14. Uh, uh, the first part, he deceives them upon the, uh, uh, that are upon the earth. And uh, where are we here? His power, in the, uh, power to do in the sight of the beast miracles. Uh, say to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast. And he's going to say to the people... You go make an image to this beast, and the people are going to do it. They're going to make a, an idol, okay? An idol. Now, does the Bible talk about idols? Yeah. Does it talk good things about them? No. It's the absolute opposite of godliness. The absolute opposite of worshiping God. Idols are condemned. Worshiping idols. You know, there's some of the main religions on the earth today... Uh, are idol worshippers, aren't they? You get religious leaders today that bow down to the image of some lady holding a baby or something like that. That's idol worship. Oh, by the way, later on we find out who this is all about, who's uh, 
uh, heading up the charge here, they're mentioned later on who it is. What particular group, religious group uh, today that has sway upon the earth, they're mentioned. But we'll get to that later, another time. That'll be down the road a little bit, a few uh, videos from now. So deception. And he tells them, make an image of the, of the beast, a statue, an idol. God forbids that kind of thing. But remember, these guys are going to go against God. They're going to say that all that went before is no good. Do you have that being said today? Do you have anybody saying today that all that took place before is wrong? We're going to get rid of it. We're going to, yeah, they want to change history. They want to get rid of our, what happened in history and everything else. Get rid of it. We've got a new something coming. You sure do. So they make an uh, idol uh, of this beast who had the wound by the sword and did, and did live. Now that's repeated, you see. Uh, he's being identified here at the end of verse 12 and the end of verse 14. It said again, the, this beast that had the wound by the sword and he did live. There's no mistaking who he is. He's the devil's man. The Bible shows us clearly, clearly this is who he's going to be. This is what he's going to do. Verse 15. It says, and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast. Literally, literally, um, in the Greek it says, it was given to him to give breath to the image of the beast. Life or breath. If he's got breath and he's alive, how does that happen? That's another one of these lying signs and wonders. One of these miraculous things that people can say, oh boy, these guys are really something, eh? We were wrong all along. See, we knew that that church stuff was wrong. We knew that that Bible was wrong. These guys are right. Good night. This is what's going to happen. And it was given to him, this breath, so that the image could speak. The image could speak to cause the non-worshippers of the beast to be killed. At that time, those that will not worship the beast will be killed. That's what it says right there. It's a terrible, terrible time. Verse 16, he causes all, both small and great, oh, yeah, small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. Let's just back up a little bit. So this image would speak, this idol that's made, this huge idol that's made that people will worship an image of the beast, you see, the worship of himself, there it is. And the devil says, I will be as God. He wants to be worshipped, and this, uh, his man, he's going to be worshipped right there. And the people are going to make that thing, and if you don't, you're going to be killed. Kind of reminds you of back in Daniel, when Nebuchadnezzar had that big thing built up, and uh, that big, uh, I forget what they call it, it's not a statue, but a thing probably a statue of himself is what it was. And then when you hear all this different kinds of music, all the people were supposed to bow down to this image. And if you didn't, you were thrown into a furnace of fire. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't bend down. They didn't bow. And uh, the same thing right here. Um, conviction and conscience, some of them will defy these orders. Some of them will go against the government orders. Because this is going to be ruling the governments from here. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego says, we're not bowing down to your stuff. We're not believing your lies. Why would we believe, why would we believe those who are in rule over us, who continually lie to us, 
And now they're telling us the truth about this particular thing, they say. I can accept that. How can we accept that when you've lied to us all along? We see through your deception, but many people will be fooled. Just like today, many people are fooled. They drink the Kool-Aid and they go along and say, oh my, they must be right. <laughs> so in the midst of this uh, future event, this third woe upon the earth dwellers, we see people are commanded to worship the idol. They make the idol, idol they're, they're commanded to worship it. Some refuse and some will be put to death for non-compliance. You ever heard that word lately? Yeah, they talk about that today, about some of the things that are going on around about us. Compliance. And it may just be about compliance, getting people ready for stuff that's coming along. Be a good little citizen and comply with everything you're told. The Bible says we ought to obey God rather than man. They go against the things of Scripture, we'll obey what God says. Compliance in verse 16 is taken a step further now, okay, because it's about compliance. It will be about compliance. This is we're seeing today some things like that being used for compliance and the pressures put on people to comply where their leaders don't follow it themselves. Well, we won't get into that. Uh, compliance is taken a step further in verse 16, and he causes all, all, okay, this is the, what he wants. This is what's going to be done. All the people now both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, nobody's left out. You, everybody now, you've already been made to, uh, uh, by the lying signs and wonders, they believe that uh, this is uh, uh, some person from God, this is the Messiah, and so on and so forth. He's going to fool them, he's going to deceive them, they're going to make an idol, they're going to worship it. If you don't, you're going to be killed. This, now he takes it a step further. He says, now what I want you to do is uh, you're going to have to take this mark, in your right hand, we sat, we see there in our Bible. Here, my Bible says uh, um, a mark. Um, where am I? In. Actually, it's the word epi means upon. Okay, a mark upon your hand, right hand, or your forehead. There'll be a mark. And interesting how God marks His people back in chapter seven, the hundred forty-four thousand uh, uh, Israelites, the Jewish people, to go into and do His work through this um, time of wrath. But here the devil's going to mark uh, his people, those that will follow him. They're going to take this mark. What for? Well, to follow him, to worship him. But let's, let's see. Now, I said it was compliance being ramped up. The purpose of the mark is in verse 17. That no one might buy or sell. When we have a, a government ruler or something come along and saying to people that unless you do this, you can't go into that store. You can't buy this. You can't do that unless you do this thing that we say. Just watch. We may have that coming along too, shortly. Except that those that have the mark, you can't enter in any store for any purchase for food or anything else. How are you going to pay your bills? You can't work. You can't go anywhere. You can't do anything without this mark of the beast or uh, the number of his name, and so on and so forth. After a few days, some people will give in. Hunger and starvation has a mean face. After a few days of not eating, not be able to buy food. It's like Esau selling his birthright. Never gave any thought to it, went and ate that food. 
People will take that mark, not give any thought about it. Well, I'm going to eat. I'm not going hungry. But remember, this life is not all there is to life. <laughs> this is just a short time. We only get about 70 years, roughly. And then it's eternity, either in heaven or hell. That's what the Bible says. That's what God says. You say, I don't believe it. You will at some point. You will believe it. Two seconds after you're dead, you'll believe it and understand it. This life isn't all there is. Um, a, a note for us, a little uh, rabbit trail for you to go and study out. If you go over to Matthew 25, you'll see which, which follows Matthew 24, right? Yeah, okay. Matthew 24 is about these things we're talking about, the end times. Matthew 24 is kind of like a parallel passage to Revelation chapter 6. But 25 talks about when Jesus comes back and he separates the sheep and the goats. He's judging the nations. Look at what he says to them. He says to some that um, you, never, you never helped anybody. You never did this for my people. You never gave them even a cup of cold water. And then he, and for some others, he said that they did this, they helped some. What he's talking about there is this time, through these difficult and terrible times in the future, there will be some people who will help these poor ones that don't take a mark. This, this is what I think it is, but it fits together. The people that don't take the mark, they can't buy food, they can't do anything. They'll lose their homes and they will wander. You got no home, you got nowhere to go. Everybody hates you, everybody's against you. But there are some that will help them. And they'll be blessed of God for reaching out and helping. Now he says the mark. Uh, the mark or the name or the number of the beast. Then verse 18 says, here's wisdom. Let him that has understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. Now there's a lot made about, uh, a lot of attention is given to this uh, 666, but I want to draw your attention to something else. Here's wisdom, he says. Maybe he's not talking about wisdom in deciphering who the 666 is, but I want you to understand this one thing God says. Let him that has understanding, where do you get understanding? It's God-given through the Holy Spirit of God who comes in and dwells the believer when you trust in Christ. When you trust in God, when you trust in Jesus Christ, God manifest in the flesh. The Lord God is there on the cross at Calvary paying the price of your sins as a sacrificial lamb. Taking your place in hell, so to speak. And he pays the, that with his life. They bury him in the tomb and he rises from the dead on the third day to show that he indeed is the Son of God. That death has been defeated and sin has been defeated. And if you believe in him, you will become a child of God. You'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and eternal life with God. And understanding and enlightenment comes from the indwelling Holy Spirit. Let him that has understanding count and calculate the number of the beast. Now look what it says here. Here is wisdom, let him that understandeth count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. There's two things here, they've got, the, got the, the number and all that stuff. But don't forget, he's just a man. He's just a man, that's all he is. Yeah, he's going to be the devil's man, but that's all he is, nothing else. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. No man. A man filled with Satan himself, yeah, 
1 John 4, 4 says, Ye are of God, little children, and I have overcome them. For greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world. Don't forget, even today, don't forget, especially today, that those that are little children of God through faith in Jesus Christ have overcome all that stuff, all those things. That Spirit of God living inside of you, that's God Himself. And He's greater than he that is in the world. He's greater than anything else because the devil and the evil angels and the rest of it, the demonic stuff, is all created things. And we have living inside of us the eternal God. That's what it says. You know it. That you have the Spirit of God within you and you're a believer. That's an amazing thing, isn't it? Don't forget that fact when you study out this 666 stuff. You look at, he's just a man. That's all he is. Well, let's just have a look at the Mark of the Beast for a minute here. Um, it's mentioned um, like a few times in the Bible, the number 666, in Ezra 2.13, the children of uh, Donacam. I don't know how you pronounce that. Uh, there were 666 of them. In 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 14, it talks about some of the gold, or the gold that Solomon received in one year came to... 666 talents of gold. Um, these likely have nothing to do with this 666. It's interesting that those things are there. I don't think it has anything to do with that, but I don't know everything. You check it out yourself. Um, but we have here this 666, and the Lord says here to us, Here's wisdom, let him that has understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. Well, in the Greek and the Hebrew, back in, in the early days, like Bible times and that, uh, maybe this will do it today, I don't know. But each letter of an individual's name had a numerical value. And you could take the corresponding letter with its numerical value and add it up. And it says, this guy, you're going to come up with 666, 666. Now they say that if you take the name Nero Caesar, you're going to get that. You're going to have on the Pope's mitre that hat, he has something that says something like Vicar, has something to do with Vicarious, Phileo, Dio, something, I forget what it is. Apparently that adds up to 666, and so on and so forth. A lot of people's names and stuff will add up to that. But I don't think it really matters, for many names have been suggested for the 666 and maybe add up to that. Um, this is a man who will come forth and make a peace covenant with Israel for seven years, Daniel 9, 27. And he will come on the scene, a time of great political and economic um, unrest, and have answers for the problems. He'll unite the world, he'll go forth conquering, Revelation 6, 1. And peace will be established. We know there's peace established because in, in or Revelation 6, 2, he goes forth. The next uh, rider on the next horse goes forth taking peace from the earth. Where did peace come from? The first rider. That's the Antichrist revealed. Revelation chapter 6, verse 2, going forth, conquering, bringing all things to himself, bringing all things together, bringing in this new thing, this new way of doing things, this political, economic thing in the brain to the world. Unite the world, going forth, conquering. Peace will be established. He'll be against God. He'll be speaking about against everything that's holy, against the scriptures, against Christ, against the saints in heaven, against God himself. You don't need the 666 to identify a guy. People get all wound up about that, make a big thing about it. He's going to be easy to, to see. It's going to be easy to see who this is. You know that the believers are going to be taken up. Chapter 7 talks about that. 
and then the, the 144,000 from uh, each of the, from the 12 tribes of Israel will be upon the earth and witnessing through that time of wrath, the trumpets of the wrath of God going through that time. The Antichrist and the false prophet will be revealed at the midway point of that seven years, up to the three and a half year point. That's where we're at now on the timeline of that seven years. We don't really need to try and figure out uh, who this is or who has this number, the name. I suppose there's many names that could be uh, added up to 666. It will be obvious when this character comes upon the scene. You're going to have some guy that's got all the answers to all the problems, but note, he's going to be so anti-God, it's going to be so obvious. Anyways, that in a nutshell, is the second portion of chapter 13. Um, like I said, make sure you jot down things, jot down the references especially, read those things and familiarize yourself with them. That's a, an amazing thing that's going to happen. This is going to be... A time that comes upon the earth, God is going to come, it's going to come a time when the Lord says, that's enough. I'm going to put an end to all things. I'm going to bring in righteousness. We're going to fill up this. We're going to finish it. Read Daniel um, 9.24. He says, it's going to be done. There's going to be a seven-year uh, period, which is future. And all these things will be in there. And the believers will be on the earth until uh, the end of chapter 6. And chapter 7 talks about their church age believers removed at that time. Remember the sun, the moon, the stars being darkened, put all those things in order and you'll, you'll see that. It's an amazing thing that we see though that there are going to be saints on the earth even as the church saints are removed and then through this time of wrath and such the 144,000 and the two witnesses are upon the earth and people will listen and there will be some getting saved because the devil comes and he uh, makes war against the saints that are upon the earth. In that we see the mercy of God, the grace of God, the goodness of God. He's always giving people another chance, another chance, another chance. Or even in those terrible, terrible times of the wrath of God in the trumpet times, he's giving people a chance. Chapter 14, as we go into that next, we'll see that he'll even have an angel flying through the midst of heaven declaring the, the everlasting gospel, giving people a chance. But what they do is they turn and by and large, and say, we don't want that, and they curse God, and so on and so forth. But don't forget, as we go through Revelation, you see, yes, these terrible, horrible things are going to be upon the earth, but God will still, in His mercy, His grace, through this trumpet times, the seven trumpets, will give people an opportunity to turn to Him. Now, when you get to the next set of uh, judgments, the vials, or the bowls, it's a different thing. It's all the stops are pulled out. It's the wrath of God undiluted. And uh, it's terrible. It just gets progressively worse. But the point is, don't forget that God is merciful and His grace is always there. If you've never trusted in Jesus Christ, some people say, well, I can't. I Look at what I've done. God can forgive anybody because Jesus Christ went to the cross. That's God on that cross for you. He rose from the dead to give you life. And don't forget, as we go through this, uh, um, this chapter of 13, um, especially the second half as we looked at today, deception is the word, and today's deception. How can you be immune to deception? 
get yourself into your Bible and you look at everything that comes your way. These things that I'm telling you here today, these videos, you get and study these things and make sure that these things are from the Word of God. And they're not just my opinions or anybody's opinions. Because people can be deceived. You have deceivers come upon, they say, now close your Bibles and listen to me. <laughs> Don't you dare listen to them. You listen to the Word of God, the Spirit of God will guide you. Lord bless you. Thank you for allowing me to take this time and bring it to you. We'll have a look at chapter 14 next time. Lord bless you. Thank you very much. Bye now.